0: Six minutes past nine, you're listening to Morning Ireland and Peter Driscoll has his review of the Morning Papers. There's not a lot to choose between the front pages this morning. There's Kerry Baby's shock disclosure and the Irish Times manages to squeeze another baby onto page one, that of an unmarried Ben Garda who now faces disciplinary action, a story chased up by the Independent as well.
1: On the 6th of February 1985, a story made the lead in both the Irish Times and the Irish Independent. An unnamed Garda... Bangarda, as she would have been called then, was being threatened with dismissal from the force, for having had premarital sex with another probationary Gardha and for having given birth to a baby outside wedlock.
2: I can still remember that night that that statement was taken because I was shaking, absolutely terrified. How did I get pregnant? Where did I get pregnant? Was he the first man I ever had sex with?
1: The Gordha at the centre of the case was Magella Moynihan, and in February 1985, she was 22 years old.
2: I wrote to Garda headquarters nine or ten years ago in relation to the information that they held on me, and I asked them for a copy of my file because I knew in my heart and my soul the injustices that were preferred against me, and I knew that someday I would tell that story.
1: Only now, 34 years later, Magella is ready to tell her story publicly for the first time. Magella Moynihan was born in Canturk County Cork in 1962, the fifth of five girls to Hugh and Margaret Moynihan.
2: My mum was killed in a road accident in 1964 and I was a year and a half old. My dad, um, I believe, that really couldn't cope at that time and then put us into a home. So he signed us over to the state until we were 16.
1: Magella and her four sisters were sent to live in St Joseph's Industrial School for Girls in Mallow County Cork. St
2: Joseph's was, for my first 11 years, it was what I knew. I made a lot of friends in school. I was very popular in school. And then the nun that was in charge of me from the age of one and a half till 11, she then left and my world fell apart at that stage. From the age of 11 to 17, my life was horrific. In
1: 1980, Magella left St Joseph's and went to Dublin to live with her father and stepmother.
2: Well, I did my leaving cert in 1980, and at that stage, we didn't know anything about the outside world, if that's what you'd like to call it, the outside world. So um, my father at that stage was living in Dublin with my stepmother, who he married in 1966, and um, I walked into a house full of strangers. I had come up on holidays, maybe for Christmas and the summer, but I never knew my father.
1: After two years, Magella decided the time had come to focus on her career.
2: Before I left the institution, first of all, um, we did a career guidance in school, and I was very, very interested in becoming a member of Rangarda Shikana. And it was 1982 I applied for the Guards and I was so excited and I remember going to Mount Joy Garda station and meeting a sergeant down there and having an interview and I came out and
1: I was yeah, I'm going to be a
2: guard, I'm going to be a guard.
1: In April 1983, Magella was called to the Garda Training College in Templemore, County Tipperary.
2: It was the most exciting day of my life. I absolutely, I was elated going down on the train, I'll never forget it. Arriving in at that gate, I felt six foot seven. Even now as I speak, I can feel the joy in my heart, even if I speak of it. And we went in, and there was about sixty others recruits at the time, and it was great to see other women there. Then the next day we were given uniforms. Wow, that was something else. Putting on that uniform, putting my shoulders back and saying, Yes, I've done it. It's Wonderful, And I think for the whole time in Templemore I had a smile on my face because I, I, had, I had reached my potential as I had thought. The only job that I ever wanted was guardy And I had fulfilled that big wish of mine in April of 1983. Very happy girl. Before I went to Templemore I had met this guy in the Garda Club. I tells you the love that I had for the guards. I was even going to the Garda Club before I went down. And I met this guy. And we started going out and then we started, of course, sleeping together like you do. He went down to Templemore in 1982. And then I ended up down in Templemore myself in April of 83. And we started up the relationship again. at Weekends... I'd come to Dublin and he'd go to his home and then in August I met him and I know he came to my father's house. And that was the weekend that I conceived. And you might say, how did you know I knew straight away that I had conceived? And as I was still in Templemore at that stage, so I had to go back to Templemore. And I had an inkling that I was pregnant. I had an extremely strong inkling that I was pregnant.
1: Magella's passing out ceremony was a day of mixed emotions. She knew she had to say something to the trainee guard that she was seeing.
2: My passing out parade on the 29th of September, I said to that day, I haven't got my period. I could be pregnant. But it was fobbed off, there was nothing. It was nothing.
1: On the 30th of September 1983, Magella arrived in Store Street in Dublin to begin her career in Angarda Shiacona.
2: And I arrived in Store Street with three other Bangardas, And I was full of excitement. Wow, I'm gonna be doing what I wanna do. Wow. And yet there was that niggling feeling still that I was pregnant, and I just knew, I knew myself I was pregnant. So I went to the Well Women's Clinic up in Galbrew Street and the lady said to me, you are pregnant. And my world just fell apart. And I knew at that particular stage that I could tell nobody. Well, I definitely couldn't tell my father. It wasn't shame. It was disappointment for me. Because I had seen myself doing so good in Templemore, coming out, fulfilling the dream that I always had. And then this happened.
1: A short time later, Magellan informed the father of her child that she was pregnant.
2: He went to see my father to ask my hand in marriage. I was absolutely shocked and I was angry with him because he went over my head and I said to him, I have no intentions of marrying you. None whatsoever. I would have preferred if he supported me through it, but not through marriage under any circumstances, no. And then in January, I remember ringing him and he saying to me the words, and I'd still hear them. Whatever you do with your life is your business and whatever I do with my life is my business. That meant that he had closed the book on me and on his unborn child. How did I feel?
3: it.
1: Though unmarried mothers' allowance had been introduced in 1973, there was still a stigma to having a child outside wedlock in early 1980s Ireland. Mother and baby homes were still in operation, and abortion was back in the spotlight in 1983, when the Eighth Amendment to the Constitution was approved in referendum, giving equal right to the life of the unborn child and the pregnant woman. Magella was advised by the Well Woman Clinic to seek support from Cura, a crisis pregnancy agency run by the Catholic Church.
2: I had gone to Mina Robinson who was in Cura and I must say I found her really, really nice, really, really kind, very understanding, um, listened to what I had to say, listened to my fears, listened to everything. And I told her that I was a guard and that I was afraid to approach authorities because I was afraid of what would happen to me. And that I had loved the job so much and that I did not want to lose my job.
1: In January 1984, Mina Robinson arranged for Magella to meet with a senior female Garda at the Cura offices in Marlborough Street, Dublin.
2: And she was the first member of the Garda Chagorna that I had told that I was pregnant. We were there for maybe about an hour and she just kept saying, what are you going to do with the child So she then said to me, "Um, you have to go and tell your district officer. And I said, OK, I will, I will, I will, I will.
1: Whilst Magella suspected her pregnancy would create difficulties for her within Angartha Siakona, she was at that point unaware that news of her pregnancy had spread through Gartha ranks. In fact, it had gone as far as the Gartha Commissioner's Office, and the most serious disciplinary charges were being planned against her. Anything deemed by Garda authorities to bring discredit on the force would be subject to action under the Garda Discipline Regulations of 1971. Four months pregnant, Magella met with her district officer.
2: I sat in his office. I told him that I was pregnant, and the first question he asked me was, "Who was the father of your child?" And he said, "Is he a guard?" And I said, he is. And straight away, he got out a pen and he wrote down his name. And I remember asking, why is it that important of who he is and whether he's a guard or not? And he said, well, he's a recruit and you're a recruit. I didn't know what that meant at that time.
1: In 2010, Magella received the file from Ngardha Shiakona that contained all the documents relating to her case. One of the earlier correspondences is a letter from her district officer to a chief superintendent.
3: On 16 January 1984, recruit Bangarda Moynihan informed me that she was pregnant. As she was in her 17th week, I placed her on indoor duties. She is honest, dependable and willing. She has been active in her duties and not been found wanting in assertiveness and courage on the street. Though pressed hard by me in my interview with her on her behaviour in the training centre, she did not resort to tears. I am particularly impressed by her devotion to duty while pregnant. She did not seek special duties and went out on duty on occasions while feeling unwell. She is now employed in the collator's office and has impressed the sergeant there with her ability and enthusiasm for work. I consider at this point that she will make an efficient member of the force.
1: Many of the documents in Magella's file are heavily redacted. A letter dated the 22nd of February 1984 marked confidential. From the office of the Commissioner B Branch Personnel Headquarters to an Assistant Commissioner contains one non-redacted line.
0: Please report further when baby is born to above named.
1: Now seven months pregnant, in March 1984, Magella began her maternity leave. In order to conceal her situation, she was encouraged by her social workers to spend the final weeks of her pregnancy outside Dublin. Cura, in Dublin, arranged for me to go to a family in Galway.
2: And, um... In April, 84, I took the bus to Galway. The pressure came from every angle to adopt. It came from the Garda, it came from the Cura, and it also came from the social worker. She kept saying, you know, you can't give your child what you'd like to give him, you're 21 years of age, it'd be better if we took him and he went to a good family. I still didn't know what I was going to do. On the 31st of May, at two minutes past five, I gave birth to a beautiful boy. Um, And I left the hospital on the 1st of June. And I left my son behind. I walked out of that hospital in a trance. I didn't know who I was, what I was. I remember getting into the back of the car and going back to the family house. And all I wanted was my child. The next day I went into the hospital and he was in the nursery. And I asked the nurse, "Could, could I hold him? And she said no. And I remember staring into the nursery just wanting to grab him and run. I didn't know where I was going to run. That pain is still like it was yesterday. It was the worst day of my life.
1: Magella's son, whom she had named David, was initially sent to a foster home. I went back to Dublin then, and
2: I travelled down every week to see him in foster care.
1: Six weeks after her son was born and still on maternity leave, Magella was requested to attend a meeting with a Garda inspector. In his statement of evidence, he says that he first met with Magella on the 9th of July, 1984.
3: Bangarda Moynihan told me she had given birth to a baby boy on the 31st of May, 1984, and that she was arranging to have the baby adopted. I asked her if she still had a relationship with the father of the child. During my conversation with this Bangarda, I found her to be frank, but distressed and embarrassed about what had occurred.
1: The following day, the same Garda inspector wrote a letter marked confidential to a chief superintendent, detailing his meeting with
3: Majella. It is the Bangarda's intention to have the baby adopted, but she has not yet signed the necessary consent forms. The recruit, Bangarda, has not resumed duties to date, but on the 9th of July, 1984, I spoke to her and she informed me that her relationship was ended and there was no prospect of reconciliation. It is not her intention to seek financial support.
1: The next week, Magella visited David, who was now eight weeks old, for the last time. His case had now been transferred from Cura to an adoption society in the west of Ireland where another social worker took over the case. At
2: this stage she had informed me that they had a family that was going to take David. Now, in the state of mind that I was in, I was in no way capable of making a decision about the long term of my child's welfare. I was absolutely distraught.
1: David was placed with his adoptive parents on the 30th of July 1984. Magella's maternity leave ended and she returned to work in Store Street Garda Station. Tom McGowan is a barrister and former guard who is stationed with Magella.
4: I arrived as a young recruit into Store Street early August 1984. She was detailed to bring me out on the beat and show me around the place. And I have to say to watch her in action as a police officer was incredible. She had an incredible interaction with people and It was just great to be around and and learn from her, to be honest.
1: Tom and the other guards in Store Street began to notice that Magella was being subjected to regular questioning by senior members of the force.
4: It was very obvious that there was something going on at a higher level because when we'd cross units and we'd parade at six o'clock and then more frequently than not, an inspector would come in and call Magella out and then Magella would probably be there for an hour, an hour and a half and um, whatever went on would obviously be upsetting Magella and Majella come back out on the beat. So, you know, it was a case of deliberately targeting her, I I believe anyway, um, and it was fairly obvious it got worse and worse and worse, and as it got worse and worse and worse, Magella's personality definitely changed, and that happened over a period of time, and it wasn't pleasant to watch.
2: At every time I spoke to an officer in relation to my son being born, all that was ever said was, is he going to be adopted? Is he Is he going to be adopted? Where would you have the means to keep your
1: child? So
2: sure your father doesn't know, where would you keep him?
1: Although Magella's son David had already been placed with his adoptive parents, Magella still had until the end of 1984 to make up her mind before finalising the adoption. From September 1984... The Internal Guard the Investigation against Magella for breach of discipline intensified. Her file contains a letter dated the 13th of September 1984 from a superintendent to a chief superintendent.
3: I am satisfied that she is doing her work satisfactorily and I have no complaints about her. Having spoken to the young lady and in view of the circumstances of this incident, I consider her suitable for retention in the force. Her child has been adopted and she is now dedicated to her job. I would not recommend disciplinary action.
1: Two weeks later, Magella was issued with a formal notice of breach of discipline by the chief superintendent.
2: That evening, I was requested to go upstairs to a room. I didn't know what it was for. Again, I had tremendous fear. I was living outside of my body at this stage because I just, I was destroyed within. I was absolutely the most vulnerable state I was ever in in my whole life. And that was the night that charges were preferred against me.
1: The internal guard, the disciplinary charges were as follows Charge one, conduct prejudicial to discipline or likely to bring discredit on the force. That is to say, that between the 20th of May 1983. On the 30th of September 1983, you, being an unmarried female member of Garda Síochána, did associate in terms of intimacy and undue familiarity with one recruit, Garda, an unmarried member of Garda Síochána, and during such period of association, you had sexual intercourse with said recruit, as a result of which you became pregnant and gave birth to a male child at Galway Regional Hospital, Galway, on or about the 31st of May 1984. Charge 2, you, being a female member of Garda Síochána, did... Honour about the 31st of May 1984, give birth to a child outside wedlock at Galway Regional Hospital, Galway, County Galway.
2: And after those charges were preferred against me, I was cautioned that I was not obliged to say anything unless you wish to do so. <laughs> but anything I say, take <laughs> down in writing and maybe give it an I remember thinking, "What are they doing? What are they Why am I being charged like a criminal? I did nothing wrong, and the questions that I were asked no no person should ever be asked those questions <laughs> all about my past history, my sexual past, all about my life. It had nothing to do with the fact that I was pregnant, I had given birth. At that stage I just felt I wanted to die. I didn't want to live anymore. I had to go back downstairs, put on my uniform and go back out in the beat as if nothing happened.
1: (laughs) Six weeks after being charged by the Gardaí and five months since her son had been placed with his adoptive parents, Magella signed the final legal consent forms for David's adoption.
2: December '84, David was adopted. I felt, and I still feel, that I was pressurised into it, and I didn't have a leg to stand on, because every single person that spoke to me, from the time that I told the authorities in the Garda Shikona that I was pregnant, that's the one thing that was kept being mentioned was adoption, adoption, adoption. And it is something, to this day, is a very, very difficult thing for me to accept. Because I know, as a 21-year-old, and yes, I was extremely raw, extremely vulnerable, I would have said yes to anything at that stage. And unfortunately... I signed that paper, and to me it was a forced adoption because I was in no state of mind to sign it.
1: January 1985 and Magella was still waiting to hear the outcome of the charges against her.
2: I continued to do my work, continued to come into work on a daily basis arrests and everything else, and um, went back to the old unit that I was on. felt a terrible amount of hush-hush when I'd come into the room. I know I was sensitive. Maybe sometimes I was oversensitive. But I knew it was going on, and it was a very lonely place. Looking back at me now as that 21-year-old, 22-year-old, I was a lost soul. I was portraying to the civilian out in the streets that I was a wonderful, carefree person, and inside I was dying. When I'd see little babies in buggies, I'd automatically think of David. Every day I thought of him.
1: Magella knew that she was facing the severest possible sanctions. Mina Robinson was her social worker in Cura, the Catholic Church's crisis pregnancy agency.
2: I was keeping Mina informed of the proceedings that were against me. And then I was told by an inspector in Store Street that they were thinking of sacking me. That's what he had heard in the grapevine. And I went straight to Mina Robinson. And I said it to Mina and she said, they will not sack you there's a meeting being held with the Garda Commissioner, Larry Wren, Archbishop McNamara, and herself in the Archbishop's Palace. Mina came back to me after that meeting and told me that Archbishop McNamara turned to Larry Wren and said, if you sack Magella, you're opening the gates to England. And at that stage, it was decided that I was to be cautioned. Archbishop McNamara at that stage saved my job. He didn't want guards going to England to have abortions. That's why my job was saved.
1: It was decided that Magella would not be dismissed from Angarda Siakona, and the charges against her were dropped. She received a caution and was told that if it happened again, she would be sacked. A short while after that,
2: I was coming in to duty one morning and the inspector approached me on the steps of Store Street and said, Majella, please come to the office. And I went, please, inspector, leave me alone. I can't take any more. And he said, you have to come up. So we went up to the office and there was the papers on the table and he said, you've made the headlines. And I remember just falling to the ground, just saying, what else are you going to do to me? I just felt totally betrayed at that stage again that some member of the Guardian had given it to the papers. And the charge sheets and everything, the only thing that wasn't, that was my name wasn't
1: mentioned. The headlines read Guard the Baby, Disciplinary Moves Bring Opposition, and guard the Mother Not to Be Punished. For me,
2: when I saw it on the papers, I just felt totally violated again, and that my old Life was out there in the media and that everybody was reading it. And it was on the six o'clock news as well. And I was sitting in the sitting room when my father was watching the news. And he said to me, do you know that girl? And I said, no. And little did she know it was me. That was...
3: <laughs> the Irish Times this morning reports the case of an unmarried Bann who gave birth to a baby last year. The father was a probationary garda. The matter was
1: also discussed on RTE current Affairs radio program day by day.
3: Jack Mernon is general secretary of the Guard Representative Association. Surely every citizen is entitled to uh, a private life, and that their job shouldn 't be at risk uh, if they offend some other code.
5: Well, uh, the association wouldn 't like it to go out and i wouldn 't like it to go out because uh, there are I, I am a father of a young lady myself and. Other young ladies who may be listening from time to time, I would not like anybody to think that this would be regarded as uh, the normal condition or appropriate behavior. The Garda Shikana has within it a relatively small number of Benghazi, only a few hundred. And by and large, they are an extremely highly uh, moral group of ladies. And uh, I see the Garda Shikana as people who should be giving a lead. And uh, I think that the rules, which our society, up until now anyway, uh, expects us to obey, should, generally speaking, uh, be obeyed by Gandhi as well.
1: Further reactions were heard on the Women Today radio programme. Yeah, well, I think actually here what we're talking about is grim reality, and grim reality in Ireland is the 11th commandment, thou shalt not be found out. Uh, and we've seen it in these terrible cases over the last year, since the passing of the Eighth Amendment. Um, we've seen the Anne Lovett case, we've seen Eileen Flynn, we've seen uh, Joanne Hayes, and now we have the case of the Van And what it unites those women is that they have been caught. They have been found out because they continued their pregnancies and because they produced babies. Though the case against Magella was now closed, that was not the end of the matter. In April 1985, almost one year after her son was born, Magella was summoned as a witness in an internal guard the disciplinary inquiry, now being held to investigate the father of her child. Proceedings were held in County Donegal. I
2: walked in and the father of my son was sitting on the right with his representative was chief superintendent, superintendents, inspector, a sergeant and a sonographer. And I was put in a seat in the middle of the floor. And they started.
0: Sworn testimony of Bangarda Moynihan, taken on the 30th of April, 1985. Did you become pregnant deliberately?
1: Why should someone want to become pregnant deliberately?
0: Did you want to hold on to (laughs) while you were in Templemore?
1: Well, I liked him.
0: Did you have a physical relationship with him in Dublin before he joined the guards? Yes. Were the contraceptives used? Yes. Was there a question of contraceptives not being used?
1: Not that I can recall.
0: Did you not feel that you would become pregnant as a result of having sexual relations with
1: He used contraceptives.
0: And how did this pregnancy occur if contraceptives were used?
1: He did not use them the night I got pregnant.
0: Was that at your suggestion?
1: No. Questions
2: were coming from every angle, from the top table with the chiefs and the superintendents and on the right-hand side, which was the father of my child... And he's representative. I still, to this day, don't understand why I was brought up there. I don't understand why they felt that they had a right to ask me about anything of my past. It had nothing to do with me getting pregnant. And then I was told that I discredited the force.
0: Was there pressure applied to you to give up the child for adoption?
1: No, there was no pressure.
0: Did you keep David for long? No had given you financial support, would you have kept this child?
1: I don't know.
0: Did you have sexual intercourse with any other person from the time you had sexual intercourse with...
2: No. I often wonder what they thought was going to be the outcome of something so ferocious. How that they could even comprehend to put a 22-year-old vulnerable person who did nothing wrong that they betrayed I had done so much well into a room full of men and to tear me apart like they did.
1: It was decided that the father of Magella's child would be fined £90 for his conduct.
2: I just feel the total injustice of a man being fined £90 and me being charged with giving birth to a child. <laughs>
1: After David was given up for adoption, Magella stayed in touch with one of the social workers.
2: I would ring her quite often and send her cards and send her photographs and ask for photographs. Um, there wasn't a lot forthcoming really from the Adoption Society because David and his family had left Ireland. But I was aware of where he had gone and how he was doing and... And then there was long periods of time, I heard nothing. Um, Dear sister, I'm writing to ask you, could you get photos of David? Because I want to have them to be able to look back and realize what I have done is for the better. Because there are so many times I have questioned my mind and am not able to come up with a sensible conclusion. Why this had to take place. I am just worried about David. Could you forward the photos as soon as you can? Thank you for everything. Take care, Magella. I can't even remember. That was an eighty-five.
1: There. For the next ten years, Magella remained in Angartha Shiacona, but her mental health deteriorated considerably. Her former guard, the colleague Tom McGowan, later transferred out of Store Street, and it was several years before he saw Magella again.
4: I went away on UN service, and when I came back, I met Magella, and I couldn't believe that it was the same person. I was absolutely stunned. There was this lady sitting basically in the corner. She wasn't as glamorously dressed as she normally would be. There was no spark. It was just terrible to see, and you know, you knew that she was after being driven to some dark place, is the best way of describing it. She was in her own world as far as I could see for a while and it wasn't very nice. In
1: 1994, 10 years after David was born, Magella began a relationship with Martin Pilo, who was himself a guard the sergeant.
2: And I saw this fella and I went, oh my God, look at his eyes. And um, that was it, really. We
5: just clicked. I suppose the two of us were in the, the guards at the time and we'd been together since. I was looking at a photograph there on, on Facebook.
2: Yeah. Person I've ever put up
5: with David. When he was eight weeks old, I have to say, I really couldn't, you know. I really felt it. I didn't know anything about what happened with our young lad at the time. I mean, um, I probably heard stuff back then, you know, because, I mean, it was, it was in the newspaper and it would have been in the job, you know. But I, and then when she told me about it, like, she was... She was very, very ashamed. Yeah, she felt really hurt, felt forced to give up her child, felt very abandoned and not supported by the organisation. And some of the ways that they treated her were ways that common criminals were treated. Do you know, and I have a prayer here. It's called a prayer. And it says, Almighty God, grant me the skill and wisdom. To make me always stronger in protecting the community from the evil doer. Guide me in knowing when to enforce and when to relax the letter of the law. A young girl gets pregnant and she's charged then with having a baby. You know, I really can't
2: understand that.
1: Three years into their relationship... Magella discovered that she was pregnant.
2: The voice I heard was, if it happened to you again, you're sacked. And I thought, over my dead body, by goodness, you will not do anything to me. Went off anyway, and the little buster was born anyway in May of 97. And um, when I gave birth to Stephen, it of course had awakened the whole lot of David's birth again. And the difference, oh my God. Martin was there, um, holding my hand. The excitement! Oh my God! The excitement was just unbelievable. And yet I was feeling guilty because I felt so happy that you know that I was giving birth. But David, I didn't know where I was going, what I was doing. I didn't know anything. I was a completely different person altogether, completely different circumstances as well, I suppose, and everything else. But Martin, and myself, then we got married.
1: In nineteen ninety eight, after fifteen years in the job, Magella decided to leave on Garda Shiakona.
2: Before I signed that dotted line, I had said to a vanguard that I wanted to get out of the guards and she was in the welfare section. And I remember then I got as we call it a half sheet from Garda headquarters that I was being discharged on medical grounds. But as the years went on, I wanted to find out as to what they put down on the report as a member who left the Gardaí Chaconne on medical grounds. They discharged me on the grounds of infirmity of mind. And I looked back through one of my reports and they said that I was suffering from depression. Yes, they were right. Yes, I was suffering from depression. But again, they never brought it back to the treatment that they inflicted on me. So they had another dig at me infirmity of mind. October 1998, I signed that line that I left the Garda Shaqana. I'm smiling as I said it. There was a part of me sad because I knew I hadn't fulfilled my dream. But there was another part of me so empowered. I felt so empowered. The fact that I turned my back in an organisation that turned their back on me.
1: Magella and Martin's son Stephen is now twenty-one years old.
2: It's only now when I look back, and you never hear my mum talk about the guards. Like you know, like stories that my dad would like—he'd he'd talk for hours. He had he'd have such positive experience with the guards. He would have such good friends from the guards. Then my mum, she never talked about it, never like. And it's just when you actually think back now, it's understandable why she didn't talk about them. But it's definitely not understandable why they treat treated like that, though. You know.
1: In 2017, Magella found out through her social worker that her son David wanted to meet her.
2: One of the hardest things I ever did in my life was meeting my son. I found it very, very difficult because I felt that he was angry with me and I had my own pain and I was looking and I was upset that he was now a man so he had grown up without me. So there was mixed emotions there. All I can remember doing is when he walked in I just burst out crying. I just cried and cried. Like I remember the first time I met him, like he walked in, I was just looking at my man and he was sitting beside him and I was like, oh my God, that, like they're literally the split of each other. Like same eyes, same nose, same face, same everything. Same mannerisms where they look at people, it's the exact same. You know. When a child is taken from you and when a child is given to somebody else, and I'm speaking of my own experience, there's not a day of your life that goes by that you don't think of that child. And what if I had him, what I would be doing with him, and how would he be if he was with me? And that hole will never be filled. Every day, to this day, I think of him.
1: When contacted about the case of Magella Moynan, Angartha garda replied that it's not their policy to make comment on any matters arising from internal Garda disciplinary matters.
5: For years, she has wanted an apology. She's wanted... To put this part of her life behind her.
1: Magella has never received an apology from Angarda Shiakona for how they responded to her pregnancy.
2: I knew 35 years ago what they did was well. I know today what they did was well.
1: Yes, I want an apology. Magella is now training as a mindfulness coach. She also now has a relationship with her son David.
2: I'm so happy in my life today. I have a beautiful son, 21 years of age. My other son is 34 years of age. I never thought ever in my life that I would have contentment.
1: To this day, she attends counselling to try to work through the trauma of her first pregnancy and her experience in the guards.
2: I think for Ireland in the 1980s and the middle 1980s that it's, it's, a, it's an appalling infliction on any female to have been charged with giving birth and charged with having intercourse, two most beautiful things in the world and yet I was charged with them and today I know that what they did was totally wrong and that I am very lucky to be the strong person that I am, to have come out of it.